Cheers and welcome to Hot Tap Brewers, the show that takes you behind the scenes of some of your guys' favorite breweries. My name is Brock, and today we're hanging out at Single Hill, located in Yakima, Washington. You can check these guys out on Facebook and Instagram at Single Hill Brewing. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about you guys just kind of introduce yourselves and kind of just say, say what you do here on a day-to-day basis? Um, my name is Zach Turner. I'm one of the founders, and uh, I guess I'm the head brewer. Ty Paxton, uh, co-founder, Positive Vibes director. Uh, Tristan Carosis. I, uh, I guess I'm the assistant brewer here at Single Home. Casey Pitney, um, I'm uh, an OG and the beer slinger here. Awesome, cool. Um, I'll start the show off kind of with you guys just kind of telling your, um, not story, but just your guys' tap room. If someone hasn't been here, kind of what can they expect when they uh, walk through the doors? What have you kind of done intentionally to kind of make their experience uh, kind of your guys' experience? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'll take this. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was really important to us was celebrating the agricultural heritage of Yakima. Um, in the valley, we produce a third of the world's hops. And on top of that, we're a huge tree fruit producer as well, and among other just agricultural, the ag industry is huge here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing we wanted to do was incorporate a lot of those, um, somehow incorporate that. And so all of our tabletops, m- any piece of wood pretty much that you see in the tap room has some kind of history in the ag, hmm. um, in the ag industry. Um, this table right here is from Harris Farms. Um, our bar is an old uh, beam from uh, the Peralt, Peralt Farms hop kiln. It was built back in the 60s. So it was just one thing that we really wanted to, I mean, we're a, we're a tap room, but we also wanted to kind of be an educational, like, hey, look at how, look at what Yakima is made of. Yeah, um, Which sure. I think not a whole lot of places have done that here locally. So it was something we wanted to. Oh, that's cool, do. yeah. Um, and then you yeah. get you have like huge open sliding doors. That's, yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, very. We're pet friendly, family friendly. Um, on a given Saturday, you'll see a lot of. I mean, the patio will be packed. There'll be people out on the grass, kids running around, some dogs. We set up some water bowls, things like that. So we wanted to be very open, um, and for the most part, we attract a pretty eclectic group just all walks of life yeah when we were hanging out there's college students and then yeah you know the whole gamut of people just hang out here and yeah pets are definitely a huge thing that that you can just tell when you walked in yeah uh, which is which is super awesome um i've heard this place used to be like a tire center or or something along that the lines of those um did, did the doors have anything to do with that or did you guys put those in we put those in um there, uh, there were a lot of overhead doors, eight of them actually in the production space, which were replaced with newer doors and some windows. Mm. Um, but this, we really wanted to create an indoor-outdoor atmosphere. Um, it was originally a J.C. Penney um, auto tire shop. Okay, yeah. Back in the '70s, that was one of their little sister companies that they had, and this was one of those stores sold to, I believe, Firestone Walker, or not Fire, Walker. Firestone, <laughs> not Firestone Just Walker. Just Firestone a Tires, man. That's a, that's yeah, a brewery. Firestone Tires, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Firestone Walker. Yeah, it was a Firestone for a while, and then it was derelict for 20 years. Yeah, yeah you guys are right next totally to the old, um, the old mall. Uh, what, are, what are the streets? Uh, what are, where are we next to? Where are you guys located? I said Yakima, Washington, but. Yeah, um, so mm-hmm. Natchez Avenue, that's actually a big part of it. Um, we're right adjacent to one of the most historic boulevards and tree-lined boulevards in Yakima. Um, actually doing some research on the building and the history of this area. Um, in the museum, we were able to find some old postcards of this, of Natchez Avenue here. Hmm. From the uh, 30s, probably, maybe the 1910s. Wow, um, that's crazy. Going yeah. way, way back, actually. We have like two or three of the some of the oldest buildings in Yakima, right across the street. Uh, right, yeah, the seasons and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. 1920s, like right 30s brick buildings. Um, yeah, that's it's super a pretty, It's a pretty neat little um, section of Yakima that's sort of been forgotten for years and years and years. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, I've grown up in Yakima, so it's always been, you know, you go over to do seasons, and then there's just this building across the street. And then I was so stoked when you guys came in, and 
you know, we saw work being done and, you know, you hear it's going to be a brewery, like that just sounds awesome um, as a local. I, I think at first when people heard that we were coming in here, um, they were like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then when it was all said and done and people started showing up after the first few weekends, I mean, you could just see people's eyes light up when they walked through the doors. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool to, to watch. Yeah, dovetailing off that, that's, I mean, um, we were, um, we did get some pushback um, or just some feedback of like, oh, it's a, you're in the ghetto or you're in like not a very nice part of the neighborhood. Um, but we didn't see it that way. We saw uh, revitalizing a really nice historic part of downtown Yakima. Yeah, for sure. And helping to embrace the downtown core and hopefully expand on the core and, mm-hmm. and, and grow it. Yeah. Um, and so, and since we, uh, we haven't had any, hardly any issues with Big issues. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, how many, uh, how many beers do you guys have on top? Tristan? We have 18 taps. Uh, we carry, uh, we carry a root beer and a cider. Um, so they're, uh, we usually have a 16 beers on tap at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, how many, how many beers would you say are, you know, if someone comes in, you know, months from now when they're hearing this podcast or whatever, they can come here and there's going to be this amount of beers on tap that are consistent. And then how many are kind of experimentals that you guys play with? Right now we're up to about eight beers. We're trying to keep on tap at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those are kind of rotating seasonals. We rotate our amber style beer and we rotate our dark style beer. Okay. Um, depending on whether it's winter or like basically hot or cold. So like something is a little bit heavier and maltier for the winter time and something lighter and lower alcohol for the summer. Is that hard to juggle as like a brewery or is that is that pretty? Yeah, it gets more complicated for sure when you want to keep the same brands around all the time. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. But, so is that just with like production of ingredients or just trying to keep it in the back of your head all the time and on the calendar? Yeah, just to trying brew? to nail the dates and not have too much inventory around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and you guys have cornhole and you have you have, you have food options. Yeah. How'd that uh, come about? So, um, well, I mean, when we first started our, our market research and starting a brewery, um, looking at all aspects of existing breweries and things, you know, breweries that were successful, et cetera, uh, one element obviously was food. Um, and when you're drinking, if you have a couple beers, it'd be nice to have some food. And Hopefully also that maybe might promote a couple more beers. Um, and so we wanted to have food, but we also knew that it wasn't our skill set or expertise. So um, we decided to go the food truck route. Uh, so any uh, given day we have a staple food truck on site. Uh, they're called Five Salsas. Yeah, um, yeah. Tacos, taquesos, burritos, molitas, you name it. How'd that uh, relationship kind of come to be? I was feeling pretty good at Fresh Hop Ale Festival in 2016. As most people do, they feel pretty good at <laughs> yeah, Fresh Hop, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and I was in the Natural. food food vendor area and I saw a taco truck and I ate a couple tacos and I realized like how like perfectly simple but uh, and authentic these tacos were and mm-hmm. something that you know we hoped to also embrace here in the culture is we have a large Latino heritage or heritage and Latino population here in Yakima. And so um, it was, it seemed like the perfect fit. So I gave him a business card and the rest is history. Uh, yeah. The other thing we didn't really realize that too is not only the tacos, like good quality tacos, but they were capable of slinging like 2,000 plus tacos in an evening. Yeah. That's important. Which is what I mean, with, with, with like, how much people fresh you have here. Proved. And yeah, yeah. Here they can get slammed and keep the line down. Keep it going. And mm-hmm. uh, they're awesome people. It was run by Jose and Vanya, a uh, young married couple. Yeah. And uh, they do fantastic work for yeah, us. Yeah, they're great. We're mm-hmm. yeah. really, really pleased that they're like part of this. Yeah, yeah. They're they're a great addition. I've you know come here multiple times before doing the show, and yeah, they're something I look forward to along with just the beer. Yeah. Um, talking about your guys' brand, you guys kind of have a, a merch. That you want to talk me through kind of some of the processes of, you know, kind of hat styles you pick out. How often are those on rotation? Yeah. Um, so we are actually still establishing that and trying to figure things out. But um, uh, one thing that we're looking to do is doing short runs of hats. Um, and thankfully, Casey has a lot of experience doing merchandising. Um, and so... 
him and I have worked together and he's taken a pretty big lead in that. And um, yeah, what do you, you yeah, are you looking at away? trends or yeah, anything, Casey? Uh, like how do you guys determine that? Well, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm, we're, we're traveling quite a bit in different breweries and, and just different, different markets, different areas. And so um, not only that, but just like seeing what, I mean, just seeing what people wear, right? Mm -hmm. um, something that, that we can have on our shelves that people wear outside of breweries and also within breweries, but um, that kind of just fits into people's styles. So mm -hmm. you'll see some different styles of hats on our shelves um, to kind of fit all demographics of people, which is really cool. Uh, but something that I've, we've been doing is You'll see this hat that Ty's wearing right now um, is what it's what we call a one-off hat, mm -hmm. and where I just buy a sand, like I, I buy a hat where I, I think is is really cool, and um, I have an idea. It's just it's just one style, and we start wearing it, and I just kind of see what people's reactions are. Mm -hmm. Also, the one I'm wearing, um, and if mine too, <laughs> that one too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and you know, if I get really cool reactions and. Uh, from people, then, then we then I, then I put that on paper, and then Ty and I talk about it, and we say, all right, let's do let's do fifty hats. So you, right now, in our kind of initial uh, first year, um, we're well. Usually, when there's a new hat that comes out, there's fifty. So if you like it, you should probably buy it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like uh, we're trying to you know make it special. Yeah, right. yeah. This, makes... this is only going to be around for so long. Right. Right? Sure. I'm um, super into that. So yeah, right. it's yeah, kind yeah. of fun. I mean, the hat you're wearing—that's one of them. Yeah. Um, and as far as shirts and apparel, um, you know, we are new. We're not even a year old, and so there's a lot of ideas spinning up here about really fun, creative yeah. di shirt designs, etc. But um, really, just trying to drive home more of like just this, just the logo and the brand and the mm -hmm. color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard you guys talk about the color and just how important that is. I think that's that's super cool coming from a business owner, like just how on point you guys are with with how things look and, yeah. and just everything has to be the same, which makes complete sense. But mm -hmm. it's kind of inspired me as far as as, sure. a, as a business owner to kind of like look at that type of stuff through that lens, which yeah. is uh, super rad. Yeah, we're also still learning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so we kind of have all flights in front of us. Uh, what we want to do on ONTAP is uh, a flight with the brewers. So I asked them to pick out a flight of beers that they got, they always have on tap or, or experimentals. So I let them completely choose that. So we're just going to start with the first beer. Um, what, uh, what are we, what are we going to be trying? This is the East Side, East Side IPA. And uh, the name refers to the fact that we're on the east side of Washington. So it's sort of Washington when most people think like, oh, hey, you're from Washington. Like, well, are you from D.C. or the state? Well, we're from the state. Okay. And right. then the second yeah. question is, well, man, it's so rainy there. And you're like, actually, that's just the west side. That's Seattle, right? basically. Um, I grew up on the west side um, in Bellingham, so I'm very familiar. And I live in Portland, so I spent most of my life in the rain, and now I live on the east side um, of Washington. And it's dry here. So one of the things we want to do with this name, with the name of the beer is kind of capture the spirit of the east side of the mountains and um, help promote the fact that this is a really great place. Yeah. So that was sort of where, where the name comes from for the beer. Um, the beer itself, um, it's an IPA. It's our flagship IPA. We sell the most of this one. And it's one we've definitely brewed the most. We put the most work into like refining and tweaking and changing over time. Like starting from um, my basement with our pilot system, which is like a little one barrel which we fired up like a year, year and a half before we opened maybe. Mm -hmm. And then um, up till yesterday, you know, I brewed another batch of Eastside. Um, this is the last batch of Eastside and I tasted this in the morning. I brewed the last batch of Eastside to kind of make sure it was kind of where I wanted it to be and then we brewed it again. He um, comes home from a six day backpacking trip in Oregon and brews Eastside on Sunday. That's and I awesome. came in on Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. to try the beers <laughs> and make sure we were ready to go <laughs> for Sunday. So uh, that's East Side, and um, maybe these other guys want to tell us what it tastes like. Yeah. So one of, the, one of the really cool things um, that I love uh, being a part of Single Hill um, is uh, Zach's uh, brewing style. Um, Zach brews extremely clean tasting beer. Yeah, for sure. That's... Um, 
I, I, I say this about a couple other breweries, but you can pretty much close your eyes and just point, and you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yakima is a very hop-centric, obviously, yeah. hop, hop capital. Um, and in your guys', it's not, it doesn't like always weigh on your tongue, which is something that I've always yeah. um, like associated with you guys when yep. I come here is like, it's not going to be like yeah. a super heaviness. Um, a lot of times, oh, people will come into the tap room and say, um, well, I don't like hoppy. Right. And, and automatically we attribute that as they don't like bitter right. beers. Yeah. Um, because not, you know, it's, they, they're kind of, those are two different things. And I can say, well, why don't you try this? This is very hoppy. It's not bitter, though. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. a lot of times people will say, like, I don't like hoppy. And I'll say, well, at least try the east side. Yeah. Um, and they'll get a pint of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, like, oh, oh maybe I do like hop flavors. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Um, not all hoppy IPAs have to be um, 65 IBU. Right. You know? um, so that's one thing that is, um, I think, a pretty dis distinctive about yeah. this beer. Yeah, my brewing tradition, I guess I can call it that, my brewing tradition goes back to Odell Brewing Company in Colorado, which is where I worked um, for about four years up until about 2012. And their IPA was one of those early ones that didn't focus on bitterness. It was just, it was very, very um, hop flavor forward, um, fruity, pleasant, um, really refreshing. It didn't like bite you. Yeah, and yeah. You could just drink a lot of them. Um, so that's kind of where, my, where I'm coming from on this. And, to make an IPA and try to make it be the IPA that stands out is very, very challenging right yeah, now. So the market's right changing. The market's changing really fast, um, and the competition is pretty intense. There's amazing beer out there right now. So yeah, our goal is just to make this stand up, like amongst the beers that we love to drink when we go out and drink beers. Um, uh, for the people that are only listening and not watching on YouTube, um, like, can you talk to me about color profile just a little bit and like? and some of the ingredients that you kind of used and uh, sure. what the thought was behind that when you were trying to come up with an IPA that stood out. In yeah, so East Side is about, it's like a 7% um, alcohol IPA. It's a little bit orangey from Munich malt primarily. And then um, other than that, it's a pretty low level of haze um, given that the trend right now is really hazy beers. So this is kind of uh, on the low end of haze, but not a crystal clear filtered beer. None of our beers filtered. So uh, we do our best to control it, and we love it to have a glow. Like when you hold it up to a light, like it doesn't stop the light like a hazy beer, but it kind of it lights up. You know, the light yeah. comes in, it catches, it, it pops. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we're shooting for. So when I'm on the brew deck looking through the windows at the tap room, and I can see a pint of it on the table. It just sits there and like literally glows. glows. <laughs> that's that's awesome. what we're shooting for for like look yeah. and feel with nice lacing. And, yeah. yeah. You said you were in the basement. Was this one of the the ones that came out of that? Yeah, I mean, like working on the IPA recipe, you know, that was one of the priorities for doing pilot brewing before we opened. So gotcha. we did quite a few months of that. And then uh, pack, even we actually even packaged all that up in crawlers and then gave it to friends and asked for feedback. Check it out. What do you think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lots of awesome. little tests. Um, so making, you know, one of your earlier beers, um, kind of going to like how you guys got started. Um, you want to talk about kind of where the idea came from, you know, what was the process like to get to, like, you're coming up on the one year. This podcast is actually going to be dropping on their one year. Um, so if you're listening to this, nice. that's happened. Anniversary. Happy anniversary to us. <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so what's the story behind Single Hill? You know, okay. why, why is it called Single Hill? Where did the idea come from? How did you guys meet? Yeah, I'll probably start that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I've been making beer since uh, I think I was 18. Uh, I was going to college in Portland, Oregon, and I picked up homebrewing and kind of got a little deep into it to the extent that by the time I was done with school, I had like a barrel and a half brewery in my garage. And I was making, kegging everything, distributing it uh, to friends and stuff, never selling it. Um, sure. And then, no, for reals. <laughs> <laughs> school actually funded it, so it was all good. And then... Uh, after that, I, I was a biologist, so I kind of pursued, um, in theory, pursued that for a little while, trying not to get into brewing. Um, but then I moved to Colorado, ended up at Odell Brewing Company, and uh, ran their lab and managed quality there for a while. And um, sometime during that, I 
it, it became clear, or at least I talked to enough people about it that uh, I needed to start a brewery at some point in time. But it still took a decade, um, you know, from from starting to work in the industry professionally to starting a brewery. And uh, I moved to Yakima um, solely to work in the hop industry. So I came here to work at Hop Union, and then Yakima Chief, and then Yak or Yakima Chief Hop Union, and now Yakima Chief. Um, I was their quality manager and then their uh, technical manager. So, um, Signal Hill has been a really long time coming for me. Yeah. Um, as I pursued different like chapters, the only really two really big chapters: one really focused on brewing and production brewing, and one really focused on hops and raw materials. And uh, coming to Yakima was also fortuitous because it's a great place to start a brewery, and it needed, I think, it needed what we're what we're bringing um, in terms of a place, um, the community space that we're doing. Um, a lot of people make a nice beer, but we make a really nice place as well. That's one of our goals. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. two years ago or so, uh, it, it uh, became apparent that it neither needed to happen or it was never going to happen. And then I uh, started hunting around for good partners and thought back in time about um, friendship with Ty and some conversations we had had several years before uh, about maybe starting a brewery soon after we moved to Yakima. And then, uh, we just started that conversation, and from there we made a plan. Yeah. <laughs> what was the conversation like between you guys? This, yeah, I'll uh, chime in a little bit. Um, yeah. we, I actually met Zach officially at a cider pressing party, and then he helped me later on, like, uh, put it in a carboy and, like, bottle it up later. And um, uh, as a, you know, my, my background, I was a professional musician for a while. I played a lot of, a lot of breweries. I did the... Nick Miniman's little like route and oh, a couple yeah. of the other uh -huh. other big fun breweries to play at and um, in general just in college like really got into craft beer and um, my my skill set I bring is is marketing um, and I would I would always be thinking of like oh that'd be such a cool beer name or you know come up with like oh what if we named a brewery this and just like it, it always popping in my head and so it was clear to me that. Um, at least on the periphery, that like I would love to do this someday, um, and so crossing paths with Zach was was very, very fortuitous in, in terms of just like our two skill sets coming and colliding together a little bit. Um, and the conversation was October of 2016 at a brewery, actually. Um, Bill Breaker at Bill Breaker. Nice, yeah, <laughs> naturally and, neutral territory. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, He's, we had had the conversation before in passing, but this was more of a sit down like, hey dude, I'm really gonna do this, you wanna do it? And uh, also I've got a really pretty kick-ass building. And I'm like, I mean, and I was at a, quite a crossroads in my, my career as well. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was just, was, it was all about timing, really. Um, timing is everything. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So you had the building like, no, not least, but identified, and we we had begun. Um, we being my wife and I had begun like talking with the uh, with our landlords about like gotcha. what it would look like, what it might cost, and kind of just feeling out the situation a little bit. Mm -hmm. so you had a building, you had a conversation. Yep. What do we call yep. this thing? How did that? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had that too. Yeah, Zach had that as well. Yeah. I, we we came names came to the table, right. and you this, had a lot. Naturally, I'm sure. I, yeah, <laughs> names came to the table. Like uh -huh. this one stuck out to me. I mean, like a sore thumb. It was like, yeah, I mean, it's single hill. And just the behind it, like what it means, um, what we're trying to build in Yakima. It was it seemed like the perfect fit. Yeah, yeah. So the name Single Hill. Um, I guess its origin story for us is my friend Joe Morfield, who runs a brewery in Austin called Pine House. Uh, we used to work together at Odell. He he was out here for a visit, him and his partner Crystal, and we were just traveling around. Like he wanted to come to Yakima, not during harvest time when it was relatively relaxed, and just sort of get a feel for the place and go talk to some farmers and things. So we went out and toured some farms, and we went to the experimental hop fields at Peralt Farms. And experimental hop fields are often called single hill fields. Mm. Um, the the reference is basically like a, a, a an experimental variety. They 
plant it in a hill. It's not really very much of a hill, but like each plant, they just call it a hill and each one's got a little coordinate. So if you go to a single hill field, like it'll be kind of like battleship coordinates. There's, you know, 50 rows by 500 plants. Mm -hmm. And so it's row 52, like hill 68 or something. Um, and that's a single hill. And from those, if you're a hop breeder, like you'll evaluate all those individuals and eventually pick one that ends up being like a variety that's amazing and people want to make a lot of beer out of. So um, that's the, the root of the word. And oh, that's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's and awesome. while my buddy Joe was here and after we had visited the single hill fields, we were driving back and just sort of bantering. And he's like, you know, that'd be a pretty good like name for a brewery and sort of filed it away. And that's sort of where we, we brought it back to. Huh. And it also, for us, the name captures a few other things, too. Like, there's an experimental hop variety thing, you know, where hops come from. Because each hop is actually, like, it's a clone of that one hill that started that one time, right. that one cross. Every, every hop that comes, comes after it is the same thing. Um, but it also means, uh, you know, it's, it's a big reference to place, you know. So where we are, like, your single hill, your home, where you come from. So the origin of things, whether it be the raw materials or where you live. Um, so for us, like, the, the kind of mosaic pattern in our logo um, is a, sort of if you're flying over a bunch of fields in a plane and you're looking down at that kind of mosaic patchwork. So mm. capturing that kind of, like, agricultural geography and then sort of the shape of it as you're looking at the mountain profile of it. Um, we use Mount Adams as a reference for us a lot because from the Yakima Valley, if you're looking west, like you'll see Mount Adams up there. So that's sort of like the other thing. It's very characteristic of the, of the Northwest. So we have like three scales going on: the the tiny little one hill, one plant, yeah, one cross, single hill. We have all the agricultural landscape, and then we have these big volcanoes of the Northwest. That's um, awesome. So that's I mean. Yeah. I really love the name because of all of that. Yeah. It means it represents to me all the things I love about this place. So. Yeah. We we obviously evaluated pretty hard every single name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can and, imagine. And, yeah. that, and this was it was just kind of a no brainer because of all the inner inner workings of the definition to us. Mm -hmm. um, and then going back to you know people saying, well, it's you know you guys are planting a brewery in the in the ghetto, and it's like, well, no, we're not. I mean, we're planting it in one of the most historic places in Yakima and we're going to grow this single hill, you know, and right. And like someday you'll see what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. for sure. And it's evident just a year later, like it's a Mecca, you know, people come here for lunch and everything. It's, that's awesome to, to see the, the idea to, to what it's become. Yeah. Um, so you have a name, you have, you know, a brand, you have a building, and then you, you guys have already talked about like, you know, Yakima was a big deal as far as like putting, putting this furniture and this vibe in. Um, what, what was that process like? You know, were you communicating with just a bunch of different people? Was it hard to find the materials? What was, what was the hardest thing, I guess? Maybe that's what I'm asking. Of the startup process or like building the tap room? Um, building a tap room. Um, I mean, you could talk about the startup, startup but um, I guess my brain instantly goes to, I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm looking at this building and just. The uh, taproom is pretty awesome. And yeah. in the regards of, we, we know everybody who pretty much did any of the work in the taproom, yeah, whether it was us um, doing demolition or um, you know, our contractors helped. They did some of the work in here. We hired some, hired some folks to like do things we didn't have skills for, like grind the floors down and polish them and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But like, um, other than that, um, our buddy, we paid him too, but he made the tables. <laughs> and then like the, the, the wood from here, like we went to an old chicken bar and then it collapsed with a chainsaw and like cut it down on beams and stuff. Yep. Like so, you guys did? Yeah, and Ty's dad. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That's awesome. My old man came and... Our buddy Craig, who's, yeah, who's his chicken Craig. barns. Wow. And then uh, other people just brought us things to some extent. <laughs> yeah. Like the yeah. beam over there uh, came from Hollingberry and Sons Hops and... Uh, I do we, we pick it up? They drop it off. They might have dropped it off. No, no. Me and my old man <laughs> went uh, and hauled that thing out of there, and it's a lot heavier than it looks. Uh, <laughs> we got beams looks from Roy heavy. Farms. They dropped that off. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Roy the, Farms beams. For beam that the bar is made of. That was so big we had to haul Well, they hauled it out and chopped it up with a chainsaw, and we brought it to a lumber mill and then milled, milled it. it, chopped it in half, yeah. folded it out. So, like, the whole bar is made from one piece of wood, basically. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. 
my cousin built the back bar, our awesome machine shop down the street, did all the stainless work. So yeah, it was very it's really it was, fun space. It's yeah, it's very cooperative. I mean, a lot of yeah, it was like family. a community effort is what it yeah. sounds like. And lots of volunteers. Lots yeah. of volunteers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we yeah. Yeah, it was probably like a party of like maybe 20. Wow. Yeah, a mutual uh, friend of ours is in Mason. Yeah, all that. He helped yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first day you came to help. Yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. You and your brother. You and your brother. Yeah, first day yeah, I came to help was me and my brother laid, laid pavers yeah. in the post for friends. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was very, uh, was the, our, tr our tribe came together and it was pretty uh, remarkable to see. Yeah. Um, how about your, your guys' uh, brewery that's just behind me? Um, like, how did you, I don't even know where to begin when you start buying tanks that big and stuff. Yeah, so the brewery space, um, well, in terms of the equipment, most of it's made in Washington or Oregon. We went with Mark's, Mark's Metal Craft, Mark's uh, Metal and Design. Sorry, Marks. <laughs> Everybody knows your name is Marks. Uh, for the brew house, and then two of the fermenters, and then we went with uh, North Coast Metal Design for our experimenter, which I don't know, we can talk about later if you feel like it. Um, three little small tanks, and then we've got a little bit of used equipment that we sourced um, various places to round out the package. Yeah, we were in there filming you guys working and stuff, and you kind of talked about how just everything was set up. Um, yeah, so this was super fun for me because I'm, while I'm not an engineer, I really enjoy that aspect of things. So uh, uh, I got pretty involved in the brew house. A, what's that? So your wife is. My wife's an engineer. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. true. She uh, designed her tank automation system. So that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but in terms of brew house, uh, it was super fun for me to be able to have an opportunity to pretty much completely lay out and customize the system. One of the advantages of going, uh, going with a more local um, manufacturer, you can go work with them directly, go visit the shop. You know, they may not always be super pleased that you're hanging around all the time, but like, uh, it is nice to be able to go like see the equipment being built and like have input throughout the process. And um, we customized it a little bit to our liking, my liking, I guess. Um, to be able to do some things with hops in particular, like low temperature uh, whirlpools. We have an extra heat exchanger for that. And also, the extra heat exchanger is really good for uh, doing kettle sours and things. Um, we customized a skid of five barrel fermenters. We call the experimenter. They're uh, you know, hard piped together into one piece, so we can basically fill them as one unit. Um, that's one of the really unique aspects of what we can do in our brewery. Um, it's not like the most complicated thing to do, but I haven't seen it executed in a brewery before that doesn't have like some research aspect to it. Hmm. Um, so we use it to develop recipes, try try things out, do little trials, um, play with yeast, play with hops, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So very cool. So where do you guys come in when the story? I yeah. mean, we kind of heard Casey, you're doing pavers and such. It's yeah, Tristan actually. <clears throat> Going back to the OG days when we were in the um, basement of Zach's basement, um, that's when I met I met Tristan in a basement. Yeah, I, I helped. Uh, <laughs> it's like when I met these guys, I, <laughs> I was uh, helping package um, what was then uh, Zach's homebrew on his like one and a half barrel system, mm -hmm. um, and I'd been working at Hollingberry and Hoffman Sons in the lab and was transitioning out of that, and I uh, was uh, hoping to get into exactly what Steel Hill is. Um, so we hit it all, we, I mean, we hit it off right away. And essentially from like that day, I was at this building every day, um, demoing and like yeah, just making sure. Yeah, yeah no, just yeah. Getting it off was, the ground. Yeah, and I was yeah. pretty excited from the moment that I set foot in this place and like talked to these guys about what they were doing. So, yeah. um, so since then, uh, I've been, you know, part, Part of and very proud to be part of Single Hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun when Tristan showed up and basically spent the latter half of the winter of 2018 with us. Um, a mutual friend of ours kind of vouched for him and said, I think you could get along with Tristan. Like, it'll be good. Like, yeah. He's got a lot of time on his hands. He's really dedicated. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And he was. Thanks. Uh, Ty and I took him to Portland to go check out the equipment. Uh, while I was under construction, and we had a good time down there, and that was essentially the interview. Uh, uh, yeah. We started paying Tristan a few months in, after that. 
around the time we started paying ourselves. Yeah, so. yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, we quit our day jobs. We should start maybe maybe start paying ourselves, <laughs> uh, which was a blessing, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tristan is definitely a OG, and then Casey, like, um, like I said, well, actually, originally going back to the food truck thing, I was looking um, pretty hard for talent and. This guy was beginning to build his own food truck. That's another thing that yeah. Casey's passionate right. about, um, is, is being a chef. And uh, met with him about that and then kind of threw me a curveball, like maybe a month later or something, just shot me a text and said, hey, you know what? I'm actually really interested in uh, whatever you got going on there at Single Hill. I, <laughs> I don't know if the food truck thing. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, I mean, such a genuine solid dude with integrity it was, oh, yeah. it was a no-brainer that yeah, like absolutely i wanted to flirt with that conversation and so casey came along and yeah i mean yeah. um he, ste- was, he stepped up i was at uh um, i was running norms at the time um and then we had started talking about things and <clears throat> i started coming and helping and um and i came on part-time and then it wasn't part-time <laughs> We had a, a lot to finish in a very short period of time, and um, so uh, yeah, we, I just kind of like just dove in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a blink of an eye since. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, the the core. It seems like it's the jump in guys. You know, when it was getting off the ground. Yeah, we're missing one. Yeah. Uh, well, we're missing several. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, uh, but we do have another full time. Um, Tapper manager, Tapper manager, yeah, our yeah. clubhouse captain, T. Mm. Another Shout vital, out to vital tea. part of the whole success. Yeah, awesome. Hill. Yeah, she uh, she runs. Um, she she's she holds it down in the tap room, scheduling, and we do events and things like that. So it's Actually, obviously a big part of what we do here is our environment, and she does a really great job. Yeah, she does that. an awesome job. You guys yeah. have events and all kinds yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah. Super active. Yeah. So T came on right. I mean, right when we first like mm-hmm. opened the doors yep. um, with several other people mm-hmm. um, as well. But um, I mean, if you know T, I mean, she's got the good vibes. You know? Yeah, she's yeah. She's got those good vibes. She's got those good vibes. And I'm seeing you guys on Facebook, and you know yeah. it's like snow days for people, and you're like, "Hey, Single Hills open," and it's yeah. her, you know, yeah. Yeah. photo of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if everyone knows T, like they know they want to be here, so yeah, yeah. And it was pretty fair. I think half the people come to their tap because it's because of T. Yeah. 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 Per, yeah, that's why I come to work every day. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Um, so let's let's go to the next beer on the on the flight. What do you uh, what do you got next for us? So this one is called Citizen Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the name is a pun, obviously, Citizen Kane. Right, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but the key here is the grain. So while East Side was all about hops um, and making a really beautiful IPA, Citizen Grain, uh, its story is really around malt. Mm. And, well, it's sort of true, because it's a nice, it's a beautiful balance. I was gonna say, it's not a super <laughs> malty beer. No, it's not. Yeah. So this is a dry hop pilsner. Mm-hmm. That's where the hops come in. Um, this has been fun for us to develop. It's, it's a play on our one of our mainstays called Work Beer, which is a low ABV pilsner, basically a nice, sessionable beer, beer for working. Like you gotta Cut the some, grass. You gotta get some stuff done. Have a work, work beer. And then Citizen Grain is basically an evolution of that. Um, this started with two different collaboration beers, actually. So we did one with Bailbreaker last harvest in 2018. Um, we called it, it was called Per Diem, and it was fresh hopped with a bunch of laurel and a little bit of, mostly fresh hopped with laurel and a little bit of centennial to back it up. It was beautiful, delicious, and we uh, it went really fast. It was great. So then we started incorporated that into um, another collaboration beer that we did last January um, for the Cascadia Grains Conference. And we did that with a brewery up in Spokane called Whistlepunk. And then we also did it with a malting company in Spokane called Link Malt. And the backstory for the malt on this goes back even further to about this time last year, maybe even a couple of months ago last year, our friend Neil, who lives down at Sunnyside and farms with his dad, he planted five acres of barley for us. Um, a variety hmm. called Explorer, and uh, then 
he harvested that. We got it malted in Spokane at Link, and then we brewed it with Link to make the first batch of cities and grains. So um, this beer is really cool because it is 100% Yakima Valley ingredients. You know, the malt was grown here. Wow. The hops were grown here. Um, we made it here. The malt turned out beautiful. Like, mm. um, we were, I, I think everyone's relatively hesitant if they've ever had a chance to like grow malt and have it malted for them, like really small scale. Like, I don't know. We don't. No one knows what they're doing. With really small malting yet. It yeah. seems like. So, uh, uh, we were. I was a little bit nervous to bring bring with it um, as a hundred percent beer, but it's basically hundred percent our our malt, our explorer barley, hmm. um, grown by our friend, malted by Link, now our friends up there, and uh, we. Well, I think we love it. I love it. Like, oh, I mean, it's I, pretty I much like everybody comes to work yeah, every day. I, I, I it's like grab the citizen yeah. grain it's, if they have time to have yeah. a beer. It's uh, a brewer's beer, I would say. Like, it's a, it's light in alcohol, so it's easy to drink when you're inundated with booze all the time. Yeah, and yeah. it's incredibly refreshing. Like, you can't really help but drink it like quickly. I think I've got one in my pint glass here. I think he's got one in his pint glass. Got he's one got one in his pint glass. So uh, clearly, it's. It's a favorite around the brewery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super smooth. It's super clear. I would I would just say like I mean it's also just got like a lovely hot profile. I mean like mm -hmm. the laurel and the centennial, but I think in particular the laurel just gives it this incredible, um, strong and yet subtle hoppy note to mm -hmm. it that mm -hmm. just kind of rounds the entire beer that beer off. Yeah, yeah just a crisp ball. I mean, crispy ball. Just a crisp ball. Just a crisp ball. Sure. Hashtag crisp ball. Hashtag crisp ball. Very crispy, floral, lemony, refreshing. Just yeah, clean and, and nice. Just the right. Yeah. So for a. I mean, for a pilsner, like just just the right amount of bitterness on the finish there, like. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, speaking, of, you know, we're all still learning here. Like I'm still learning beers. Um, just passed my uh, Cicerone beer serving certification. Which Seriously? Is awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> but uh, learning about the history of beers has been um, eye opening for me personally. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to market a product, you should probably know everything no. about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it makes me appreciate beers like this that much more. Did you talk about percentage and everything? Oh, it's around 5%, 4, 8%. Yeah, it's a lighter one. Five and a half. Oh, I think we, sweet. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we got bumped the last batch. <laughs> got bumped we, up a little bit. Up <laughs> yeah, I think well, often anyway. dry hop pilsners can maybe like turn into, I don't know, maybe like just like a, a pale ale mm -hmm. if you get you know there's too much hop character kind of dominating it. Yeah, but I think this would be like, like for me, an incredible example of uh, the delicateness of a pilsner with the delicateness of. Uh, those, those particular hops I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, gotcha. And so the hope is with this beer, we brew it until we run out of malt. We ended up with about 8,000 pounds of it. So we don't make a ton of beer, so that should last us for a few more months, and then it will go away from next winter, and then we'll have another farm, another malting company. Gotcha. And that will be the malt that we'll use for Citizen Grain in 2020. Wow. You heard it here, guys. Drink up. Because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. got a life, uh, a shelf life. Yeah, yeah. Shelf limited. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. Um, so talking about, you know, these these two beers, like, what's what's the process for you guys? Like, so, you know, hey, you know what? Let's make a new one. Like, how does, how, how does your brain work as far as, you know, you talked about local ingredients. You talked about, you know, clarity. And you guys obviously have, you know, a not a super hop heavy on your tongue type vibe to you guys like how do how do you guys determine like what what you're what you're gonna be? I think at this stage we kind of look at what holes to fill on them I, I, we have a diverse set of beers like I said before we have 16 taps across a lot of different styles um, we try to like please everyone that walks in the door because mm -hmm. uh, no one likes the same beer um, and Yakima is not a beer nerd town yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, very much so. Yeah. so we it's like, like light it. beer. Well, I mean, dominantly, I, I would say it's like light beer and hoppy beer. It's like the two mm -hmm. main, um, uh, what people are looking for, usually, here. Mm -hmm. um, but we're beer nerds, and so we like to make, 
you know. Everything? Everything. Yeah. Um, so, so, like, I guess what I was saying before is, like, at this point in time, we kind of look at what holes exist in our menu right. um, and, and try to keep some exciting examples of those beers um, when we're deciding what to brew next. Mm -hmm. But initially, like, when we started out, it was, you know, brewing uh, an, an IPA that matched what we want an IPA to be at Single Hill. Also, we started out with, you know, two very light beers, work beer, cerveza, two of our standard beers. Um, we also started out with uh, kettle sour, and we continue to have a number of kettle sours on the menu um, that are all very approachable and, and, and not overly sour, but tart. And um, I can, we can talk about that the next beer on the, on the yeah. taster. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and, but otherwise, other than that, like we brew with the season somewhat too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's becoming warm again. So um, we do want to keep beers on the menu that are easy drinking but exciting beers in warmer weather. Mm -hmm. So We've been uh, also learning <clears throat> as we've uh, started to get out there in the market um, in wholesale. Um, you know, we're in a couple handfuls of places in Seattle now, uh, Tri-Cities. Yakima, Cleo, Ellensburg, those places, um, and expanding, um, we've learned that there's certain things that the market wants, and, mm -hmm. and so we're, we're, we're kind of moving and grooving to, to what, what that is telling us. Right, yeah, you want to sell what people are liking and digging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is which has definitely been a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I mean, it's a, it's a healthy challenge, and we're learning as we go. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, you guys are playing with yeasts in there. We got we got some some clips of uh, the different fermenters and, and stuff you got in there. What uh, what's the thought process behind having those in the in the house and playing with those? So yeah, what you're talking about is our experimenter that I mentioned earlier. Um, right now we have work beer. It's our pilsner in all three of those five barrel tanks, exact same batch of wort, and then we pitched it with three different yeasts. So um, you know, often when we were Lead, running, going down the path of like making a new beer, we run it through the experimenter first because it means we yield about five barrels, which is a pretty easy amount of beer to go through in the tap room, even if it's not like the most amazing thing. But we can, people will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what we're doing here. I personally love the experimental stuff. If you're telling me like this is here for a keg or something, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah. give me that because I yeah. want to. I want to taste the thing that's exactly here tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. So once the novelty runs off, like it's gone. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and if it's amazing, then we'll make it again, or yeah. we'll, we'll like we'll take we'll take lessons yeah. learned and make another recipe. Basically. Yeah. So right now in the experimenter, we're kegging it off tomorrow. We'll have a work beer, work beer fermented with our standard yeast, and then um, two different ones, a Kolsch and a Pilsner yeast. Mm -hmm. um, that's different. And then we're actually going to release tomorrow a little uh, flight, blind tasting flight of those three. Oh, cool. Kind of um, every Tuesday we do a thing called the Secret Tap, where it's really only regulars know about it. Um, and not every more. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're here, you can come in and ask. Yeah. It's not like it's. We're not trying to prevent people from finding out. We're just not helping you find out. Yeah. So, yeah. We don't advertise. Yeah. Come and grab a Secret yeah. Tap. Yeah. Uh, we have 17 yeah. taps actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, tomorrow we're going to do that as a little Secret Tap flight. Um, and right there, I just wanted to get a sense for like how different is work beer from a really traditional pilsner or from a culture? Because I don't think it's either of those exactly. We call it a pilsner, but it's a little bit in between. And it's been a really fun experiment for me. Um, we worked with uh, Imperial Yeast on that for those strains, and they helped us out a little bit getting those. For, uh, from my perspective, it's been a lot of fun watching Zach and Tristan. Um, uh, but now I know why Zach co-engineered and built the experimenter. Yeah. Um, I kind of got it from the beginning, but now I, you know, over the course of a year now, I've been able to see. Um, and when you brew a beer, like there's many breweries out there that have a beer called, you know, Mosaic Pale. But obviously there's a lot of variables. Right. In the brewing process. And so the experimenter allows for taking a base control batch, essentially, of beer and then being able to distinctly telling or you know dis distinctly being able to showcase if it's a yeast or a hop let's say hops like mosaic simcoe citra mm -hmm. whatever right um 
and you know that because you have that base control batch of original brew, you're just tasting the difference of the hops there. Mm. Um, and it's really opened my eyes up to the chemistry and um, the experimentation behind um, this guy. What yeah. he's got going on back there, it's pretty fun. Yeah, those are all the same beers. I mean, while you're playing with those, are you do you have other beers in the back of your head like, you know, like this might be something that works with this or is it is it all about that one style or? Oh yeah, I mean, whatever's in the tanks could be anything. Right. Um, we've done, I don't know, we're a year in, so we've probably done about 10, maybe 12 batches through the experimenter. Hmm. And uh, the, so this, this round is all based on work beer. The last round was based on East Side, and we made an East Side recipe for one of those with a couple of recipe changes that we wanted to kind of like experiment with. And then we made two different um, plays on East Side, one that we're actually going to re-release in two weeks. It has a bunch of guava in it, and then uh, the one that we used another yeast drink to make a really, really juicy beer. Mm. Uh, next, actually, Wednesday, I think I'm going to do the same thing, another batch of East Side through there, but then do three different yeast strains on it. Um, make one a Brut, make one with some Quebec, Quebec, and then one... I forget what the other one is, hmm. but uh, yeah, something or other. So it's super fun. Uh, we, we started out just doing hops mostly, so the first like six batches were probably different, just different experimental hops. And um, being in Yakima, like our buddies just run the hop companies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, or like run the hop breeding stuff, you know. So yeah, uh, Yakima that, grows beer. Right. Yeah. yeah we, we grow your beer. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> given, drinking it probably came given where I work from here before, in some, some um, connections aren't too bad. So. Um, we, we have access to some things when we want to do those kind of trials. And it's a nice thing for the, um, we hope it's a nice thing for the breeding companies and the hop companies too, to have an opportunity to showcase an individual hop that might be new or something they want to promote and market. Um, so we can put it on tap, we can call it out, um, share it with people. So yeah. probably around hop harvest, we'll be doing a lot more of those things once the you know, brewing community comes back and they want to like experience new hops or different hop um, Ways of processing hops or something. Or right. Back into hops. But. So we did like six different hot, fresh hot beers on the experimenters last harvest. We did harvest. nine. Nine. We did nine different. <laughs> wow. <for> fresh <laughs> hot beers. Yeah. That's awesome. What does yeah. that What does that mean? Like, so for the, for fresh hot beers. Yeah. So when the during the month of September, August, late August and September is when, um, you know, that's that's hop harvest time. That's when hops are harvested. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, um, in the Pacific Northwest. It's special as well as like the Willamette Valley and, 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 and Idaho too. But right here, it's incredibly awesome to be in the Pacific Northwest as a brewer because you get access. It's a, just a few hours drive to the Yakima Valley and you can actually get these hops that are um, literally just, just, picked. just, just picked. picked. And you can um, throw them in your beer. Mm -hmm. And so it's traditionally, you know, when hops are processed, they are picked, but they are also dried. They're kilned um, to preserve them um, over the course of the year or a couple um, until they are used in the, in the process. Um, but the difference in flavor of a fresh, green, wet hop to one that has been kilned um, is quite incredible. Mm. And it's a, a unique opportunity. It comes about like once a month or one month a year where brewers get to brew beer with like this raw, incredibly raw ingredients. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. I mean, I hear it all I the mean, time, especially it's, in Yakima. It's like, oh, it's fresh, you know, the fresh hops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, 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 yeah, there's some compounds that don't like get volatized by the whole uh, killing process that survive into that beer when you throw a bunch of fresh hops in. It's just, I mean, that's part of the fun is people, yeah. you never really know how it's gonna turn out. Yeah. So like, that's why brewers are so excited during harvest time. And they can, and, and particularly in the Pacific Northwest, when they can drive down and get a truckload uh, of fresh hops yeah. and then make a unique, incredibly unique beer with those. Yeah, it, it, that's part of the reason why it's so, I guess, like hard to explain is because it, it is so incredibly unique in like mm -hmm. the ways that, you know, different brewing procedures and then you add that wet, right, uncured, yeah, in, into it, it, right. it can add all kinds of interesting elements yeah so jumping right into the last beer that you guys picked out for us on uh on your guys's flight uh what, what do you got for us so this one is raz rocket chip and we have another beer called lemonade rocket chip that um 
this is basically the origin story for Raz Rocket Ship. Um, this one came out of the experimenter. We took Lemonade Rocket Ship, which is a kettle soured Berliner Weiss um, type beer, and put in the experimenter, and we made a raspberry version and a peach version, I believe. And the peach didn't really shine. The raspberry was awesome. And uh, yeah. people bought a lot of it, and we all really, really enjoyed it. So now yeah. we're, we're making Raz, and we're actually going to fade kind of, we're kind of not phasing out, but letting fade just straight lemonade rocket ship and uh, our other kettle sour hitch for the moment and just let um, Raz kind of run through the summertime. Hmm. Um, we may do some other plays on it over the next few months because we're hitting fruit season here in the next two, three, four, five weeks or whatever as things become ripe. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a great opportunity for us to process fruit fresh in the back and then make more fresh fruited for Leonard Vices. So, um, there may be some more variants on this, but um, Raz is basically, uh, I don't know what a traditional Berliner Weiss is, because uh, I've never had one. <laughs> but it's a kettle sour Berliner Weiss style beer. Um, it also has a touch of salt. You won't really taste it. Yeah, it's um, not super salty. That's like one thing like with sour beers. Is I'm like, man, that is it's just typically Just a salty. tiny bit. Yeah. Tristan and I titrated it. We like, you know, dosed tiny bits of salt last summer when we were coming up with the recipe to kind of find the right level. And then um, the sourness comes from a sourdough culture like that, not like, but like <laughs> sourdough culture that I make bread with at home. Um, wow. My wife started several years ago. So uh, it is the same thing. You, we could, I can make bread with it or I can make lemonade rocket ship or <laughs> any of the other things that we make that are kettle sour. Awesome. So, uh, makes a really, really clean, um, sour beer. It's mixed culture. It's got a lot of yeast in it too, but also a lot of lacto that's clean and nice. So it's a fun beer. Give me the mm -hmm. give me the rundown. Just numbers and these clarity. folks can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, is it four point three percent? A bit lighter. Yep. Four point three. Yeah. The goal is that you can just drink it on a hot afternoon. Yakima's like, super hot, so it'll be hundred degrees IBU, here in no time. Seven or ten IBUs. Like, it's yeah, just. I mean. Dry. It's yeah. It's dry. It's. Dry, low ABV, mm -hmm. and like the rash shines, and it's got this refreshing tartness. It's almost like when people come in asking for cider, um, a lot of us, you know, we'll try we'll try to give them a suggestion to try maybe this before, see if they like it, and often they do. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great uh, substitute. Yeah, they'll um, be like, that's a beer? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a beer. Yeah. Um, the just like right off the you know the nose, you get a little bit of raspberry on there. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell on the nose too. Obviously, it's it's some kind of a wild, funky, fun sour. Yeah, yeah. And then just the clarity of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a yeah. beautiful beer all around. Yeah. Cool, the cool thing about uh, lemonade rocket ship and Ras rocket ship is um, is your first drink. Uh, when someone wants a sampler, I try to sell it on somebody or just like want somebody to experience Raz Rocket Ship, it, I give them a full taster. Mm. Normally, like other beers, I'll give them like a little. But the reason why I give them a full taster is because that first drink is always going to be more sour or more tart than, than the following drinks. Um, so that's what the really, really cool thing about Raz Rocket Ship is, is it mellows out as, as you drink it um, through the, you know, the 16 ounces. Um, so with, with other sours, uh, or true sours, um, it's not like that. I mean, it's just, you're drinking what you're drinking. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's, it's, it's what makes Raz Rocket Ship so refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why it's so loved um, here in the taproom and out in, out in wholesale, uh, our accounts that do carry it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That reminds me, I mean, talking about, you know, giving people full tasters, we didn't really get to get a chance to talking about kind of your guys' new glasses and the pour line. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that yeah. was totally my bad. Do you guys, I mean, Casey was talking to me about it when you guys first got him here. I think we were here filming and, mm -hmm. and you just got him in and I thought it was super rad. If you want to kind of dive into that just real quick before we get to uh, the, yeah. the last uh, um, section here. So, I mean, we, we had our, our other pint glasses that we, that, I mean, we just kind of jumped on in opening mm -hmm. um, and we all weren't like super stoked about them. Um, and these are um, actually ones that, that Zach has been pretty fond of um, for quite some time. Mm. These are called Willies. 
things. Yeah, um, I've never, I've never even seen or yeah. heard of the the concept. I mean, it mm -hmm. makes sense. There's sure. a lot yeah. of different kinds of glasses. Right. Lots, yeah. Lots of different kinds. Of I've never yeah. seen, you know, the extra. And it's actually space really there. like it's really it's an important piece mm -hmm. of the Definitely. experience, yeah. especially for what you guys are doing here. Yeah. I mean, I always hear you talk about you guys talk about just the aroma that you guys mm -hmm. try and yeah. try and hit. Yeah. So this. Um, uh, this line that we have here is an aroma slash flavor line, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is really fun. Um, and it allows us to be able to pour a 16-ounce beer, right. a 20-ounce glass, pour a 16-ounce beer, but have the right amount of head on every every beer that right. we pour. Yeah, I have been um, raised to hate that. I, like, you're jipping me. But then when you explained that line yes. to me, I was like, okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like when it's on a full pour, it's like, well, actually, be, yeah, it's probably it more than it's more than it's a full pour. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we're not selling you twenty ounces. We're not selling you twenty ounces. We're selling you sixteen ounce with yeah. the proper amount of head and, on it. Right. And so that's kind of where we were coming from with that. With our other glasses, they were sixteen ounce glasses, but we really wanted um, a good amount of um, a healthy amount of head on on that glass for aroma um, and that flavor profile. So Just, it's a really important thing. It's pretty too, you know, as a brewer, you're always trying to get like a nice, <clears throat> I don't know, inch or so, depending on the beer style, but it's certainly like an inch or so like thick head that sits on that top of that beer while, you know, the drinker enjoys it for a while. Right, yeah. So mm -hmm. like that was a big part of the reason that like, we, we spent a lot of time thinking about bubbles and foam <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain to people that yeah. aren't really um, brewing. We spend a lot of time, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't even do hot tubs. Especially yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But this allows us, yeah, to um, really, like, yeah, give off the appropriate amount. Yeah. I mean, you're making an effort appropriate amount of head. for those things to come out. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you don't have that to, to be able mm -hmm. to, to take that in, that yeah, yeah. makes sense. That's why I was so um, just, like, like wow, that's rad. That's awesome. That's rad that you guys are thinking about it that to that level. Well, a lot of people don't realize that part of tasting is also smelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, I always talk about like exhaling through your nose. Yeah. Like, whenever I say some, you know, try this beer, exhale through your nose. Like, yeah. It's just a big thing for me. Um, and so it's just kind of like layman's terms, the aroma flavor line. But it's <laughs> it's it's nice. We like it. It fits our brand, and it's I mean, it, pretty simple. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. So going to the last question, um, being in Yakima and a big community here, uh, beer and just Yakima itself, uh, what, what's it like being a brewery here um, in Yakima? What's, uh, what's that like for you guys on both, both sides? Um, <coughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from, I guess I'll start from the front of house taproom side of things. It's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting because we are in the mecca of hopland, um, especially during a time of heart during the time of harvest in September when the entire brewing industry rains down upon Yakima. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's an opportunity for, I mean, selfishly it's an opportunity to make new friends and be like hey what's up we're here yeah. you know yeah. um but at the same time yeah and, and then also you're like oh my god he's in our brewery what <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> uh which is totally true yeah. i've had that moment a couple times oh, sure. uh, i think we all have but um so from the uh, from the front of house standpoint i think um being a brewing yakima um it's important that we represent what Yakima should be representing us and, and, and is and has been growing for the last five to six years with all the breweries here together collectively. But um, it's exciting to be on the forefront of that and to actually help put our place where our single hill is here in Yakima on the map mm -hmm. to say like we are in the middle of hop country and we they're they're there might as well be, I mean, breweries on every corner. Right, um, yeah. So it's exciting to be able to be here, geographically speaking, um, and then from an industry standpoint, during during harvest, again, it's just it's exciting to see all those people. Um, and then our community, I think our place uh, and location being right in the downtown area, it's something like 
the downtown Yakima is growing right now. Um, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of buzz. Things are happening. So it's it's also equally exciting to be a part of that as well and to be able to grow this part of town and to say, like, hey, Yakima, come check this place out. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's really exciting to see people's continual reaction when they walk into the doors. I mean, people that, um, I mean, we, it's really cool to be able to see how many new people swipe their card on our system. You know, yeah. we, we get to be able to like look at that data and we, uh, we meet every Monday and we talk about a lot of details that happened through the prior week, current week, the next week. And uh, we get to look at that stuff. And so to, to know how many people are continually coming and then know who those people are because they are regulars um, and then sit in different places throughout the brewery, outside, inside, standing up at our stand-up bar, at the bar top, and just look at them have a, a, just an awesome time. Um, every single time they come in is pretty incredible. Um, and it, and it, makes you feel like you're doing something right. Yeah, creating a space in Yakima was definitely one of the main motivators for doing this. Like, I want to have a brewery at some point in time. Like, this is something I've been thinking about a long time, but didn't really want to do it until the right place, like, you know, happened. Mm -hmm. So, like we were talking about earlier, timing is important, but also, like, identifying, like, where is that actually going to work and be meaningful in a way that's more meaningful than just making, like, nice beer, because a ton of people make really nice beer these days. So. Right. Uh, our goals were really around creating a space that is going to be fun and enjoyed by the community in Yakima. And, um, I didn't expect to be here for a really long time. I've only been here for a good handful of years, but I'm going to be here for a while now. And um, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is one of my ways of contributing and you know, creating the place that I want to continue to live in and like raise my family in and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. So wrapping up the show, do you guys have anything going on that you just want to talk about? Beers that might be coming out, events that might be coming up. Um, I mean, this drops at your guys' one year, so sure, yeah. so that's happening right now as yeah. we speak, or just yeah. happened. Yeah. When people I'm, are uh, I'm this currently out. dancing to a bluegrass band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess uh, the one thing I would have to say is, yeah, I mean, this year has, as Casey said, uh, I mean, wow, it's flown mm -hmm. by, um, and. Uh, we are celebrating our one-year anniversary on June 1st. Yeah. Um, and we're having, there There will be three live bands. There are three live bands. This Playing, is dropping. Yeah, as we speak right now. <laughs> That's, That's a weird one. Yeah. Or if, you, if you're listening to this, you probably should get you're your probably here. <laughs> um, Yeah, celebrating our one year is, is an exciting time. So live music and um, just wrapping up the, the, the year of just looking back and saying, whoa, look where we've come. Um, and also, it's a it's a gift to the community to say thank you, people yeah. of Yakima, for yeah. appreciating what we're doing. Because yeah. obviously, we poured our heart and soul into it, and um, it's the least that we could do to throw a big party. Yeah. Um, Couldn't do it without, yeah, our everybody. friends, family, and everyone that's come through the doors so far. So that's our yeah, yeah, that's our way yeah. of saying thank you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Um, thank you for making it this far all the way through to the end. That's uh, actually pretty impressive. Uh, if you can leave us a like um, on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, on Instagram, that would be super appreciative. If you could leave us a comment on any of those or a uh, review on the podcast, that would be super helpful getting this thing off the ground. This is our episode one, first ever. Um, thank you for joining us, uh, and you guys have a good night and uh, safe drinking. Like it. Yeah. Woo. Like Cheers. it. Cheers. Cheers. To the Cheers. internet. Hey. To the internet. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> to the tubes. <laughs> to the tubes. <laughs>